Pretty close. Pretty close. Yes. <laughs> I have learned a lot about myself since I've been here. It's been, it's been very interesting, to say the least. This has been a year of transition for us. Very challenging. Um, God helped us to do some great things in Statesville. And uh, 70 miles one way, because I'm now old and broke down, um, became old, and um, my doctor kept saying, I already went, when are you going to resign that church? And I, I knew I had to make a change, and uh, I want to just stop and thank you for inviting us in here, and uh, it's, been a great, it's been a great event, and we're looking forward to the days ahead, definitely. I hope you're awake and you're going to stay awake. I know some of you probably had a late night, and so um, I have been told that I have a tendency to put people to sleep so I don't know if it's a melancholy voice or what it is that has a way of doing that, but uh, trusting God's help this morning. Colossians chapter 3, looking at this morning. First four verses. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on this earth. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Father, we ask that you would give us that help that only you can give a preacher this morning. Anoint us and help us to say the words you would have us to say this day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. My father-in-law, who is, has been in heaven for over a decade, um, was a um, deeply, deeply committed Christian. A giant of a man, gracious, kind. If you've met my wife, you've met my father-in-law. Um, She is a repeat copy of who he was. And uh, he didn't really make a lot of money selling used cars, but that was his profession. And there's a lot of things he would not do from an integrity perspective um, to make big money. He would not transfer money under the table with dealerships. He He just would buy old cars here and there and resell them, fix them up. His garage uh, was right there on the property that he had owned. And uh, so it was back behind the house. And uh, so for over a decade, it just kind of set as kind of this sacred place. And people would take stuff and set it in there, but no one really, really went through things. And so a year ago, um, this day actually, um, his wife of many, many years decided to join him in heaven. And so we began going through things and so I told Ginger one day, I said, I'm going to dig into the garage and see what's there. And I opened up the doors, and there was cobwebs everywhere. You have to understand, over a decade of, of not much traffic, there was uh, sets of spark plugs. There was whole stacks of um, 
floor mats for cars, different models of cars. You know, the old ones used to say Dodge and different, you know, license plates. Um, there was uh, several eight-track recorders. Some of you probably don't know what that is, but there was a lot of old stuff. And some of it was just junk. I would just go through and just make a pile. And some of it was family treasures and memories. And one day, Ginger came out to the door because she's uh, allergic to cobwebs. <laughs> and so she says, how's it going in there? And I held up this old swing. And I said, D- do you know? I mean, it was really old. And she said, oh, she said, no, no. She said, that's the swing that I played on when I was just a little girl. There was a couple of things I knew. Number one, I knew that I had better not trash that. And the second thing I knew was an antique. And uh, some of you probably better pray for me as I leave here. Because yeah. I'm probably, I'm probably going to need that. And that's kind of what we're doing this morning. We're kind of opening up the garage and cleaning out some of the cobwebs and saying... All right, some of the stuff I went through 2016, there's some things I need to trash. Just put it over here. There's some things I need to treasure. There's some areas in my life I need to refocus on, as Pastor has just mentioned. And uh, so that's really the direction we're going this morning. And I want you to just, if, if you can, just draw a circle around yourself this morning and uh, just take inventory a challenge for this new year verse verse one refers to some things that should be retained an awareness of our foundation you know we need to make sure that everything in our life is about God everything everything should be about God make sure that we have an attention to our focus. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about that he is the center focus of our life. He's the centerpiece of everything that we do. Back many, many years ago, I did a lot of remodeling work on homes and had a little business on the side. There's a dear old lady, Miss Esteline Cowan, a giant of a saint spiritually. And uh, I was doing some work in our neighborhood one day. And so while I was doing this uh, roofing job, um, she invited me. She said, while you're doing that job, would you just stop in for lunch every day? I said, I'd be delighted. And I would go up, and she was quite a bit up in years. And she'd make a grilled cheese sandwich and some soup and, and talk about the things of God. And every day she would pray over my meal And she would say these words. She would say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And when she finished that sentence, heaven and earth came together and touched. Some days I would knock on the door and she was having her personal time alone with God. And uh, we were sitting one day at lunch and she said, Ernie, could I tell you a story? I said, well, yes, Miss Callan, I'd, l- I'd love to hear a story. She said, 40 years ago, I was in the place of prayer. And she said, God spoke to me and said, Esteline, 
would you give up drinking sweet tea for me? And she said, why, yes, I'll give up drinking tea. And she said, in 40 years, I haven't had a glass of tea. She said, 20 years later, I, w I was called into the doctor's office to do some further testing, and after the testing, the doctor called me into his office and said, Ms. Cowan, I, I hate to inform you of this, but uh, you have contacted Bright's disease, a kidney disorder, and said, uh, you, know, you probably have maybe less than five years to live. Now, this has been over 20 years ago. But he said, I have a question for you. He said, okay. He said, do you drink tea? You see that picture? God knew 20 years before what was transpiring. Now, that doctor has been gone for 15 years, passed away. She will celebrate her 100th birthday this month. When it's all about God, he may ask you to do something that's completely off the radar. And our willingness to do so will represent our standing with him. I wasn't a real huge fan of stepping out of pastoral ministries but I knew God was calling me to do that and to con continue my work as a chaplain. I don't know what 2017 holds for you, but if I could, could challenge you to be attentive to his focus. God cannot be an afterthought and the centerpiece of your life all at the same time. You cannot be an afterthought and the centerpiece of your life at the same time. Trust me, I've tried it. Verse 2, some things must be released. Failed plans. Everything didn't go as, as I planned for it to in 2016. How about you? Anybody say, you know what, Pastor Ernie, there's some things that fell through. And there's things that, that are failed plans that God plans that way. Um, many, many years ago, I was pastoring a church in Toronto, Ohio. We had a special event that we had a special speaker coming up from the Deep South, coming to hold us a revival series of services. And I mean, the people were pumped. They were excited. And the week before, we had a flood. We were right on the high river, and the dam up the river broke, and the whole north side of town was completely flooded and our basement kept about two foot of water in it for about two weeks needless to say um, septic systems erupted it was it was a disaster and I had to call this evangelist and I had to cancel the meeting we had crews in there cleaning up it was it was a mess some of the people said pastor I wait one understand I mean this was a God thing well why did this not go through and the unfortunate thing is I found out about two weeks later he had been involved in a moral failure. And the last place he needed to be was behind the sacred desk trying to minister to 65 brand new Christians we were trying to develop. See, it was a failed plan, but I didn't see the whole picture. 
And there are some things that's going to happen in this coming year, and you're going to say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. But step back and respect the hand of God. Because ultimately, he knows the plan. He knows what needs to transpire in each and every one of our lives. Flawed relationships. I'm going to be transparent, okay? I have a neighbor. (laughs) Bless his heart. (laughs) And uh, it's taken a while for him and I to come to a mutual understanding of each other. Um, He tends to have a deep desire to know every time that I breathe. And uh, for quite some time, I thought it was my goal to just stay away from him. And then I was driving my wife to work one morning. I, I don't know if it was a snowy event or something. I needed to transport to work. But, but there was a sign here in Greensboro on a church billboard that hit me right in the heart. It said, love your neighbors and your enemies. And sometimes that's the same person. <laughs> I said to Ginger, I said, oh, wow, look at that sign. And I said to myself, ow! Because I was not at a very good spot with my neighbor. And you know, I began to reach out to him. And now we're kind of like BFFs, you know. And we had to come to a mutual understanding You will not have a stronger battle than a personal conflict with another human being. There's something about that conflict that just cannot continue. Flawed relationships. Foolish demands. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. I was hosting a missionary convention um, uh, it's been probably over 10 years ago and one of the missionaries I was sitting with them and the next week he was flying back to his to the field where he was serving as a missionary I said my Jeff I, I'm sure I'm sure that you're um, really kind of sad to leave your family and everything behind to go back and he looked at me and smiled. He said, oh, I can't wait. It's really. He said, oh, yeah. He said, I, I can't wait to get out of the United States. He said, I love the U.S. He said, I support the U.S. But he said, I feel as if I had been losing my grip on God. It took me a long time to process that thought. But, you know, if, if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves um, in the busyness of our schedules in the, in the hustle-bustle of life, uh, focusing on everything but what God's desire is for us to be focused on. And uh, one of the areas that I have been looking at is coming into 2017, saying, okay, now, what is it that is important? What is it that I need to really focus on? I'd gone to church conference one, one year, and one of the leading pastors had been on all these committees, and, and he stood up and he said, Mr. Chairman, could I say something? And they said, um, Chairman said, 
Well, yes, Pastor Cravens, what would you like to say? He said, I would like to resign all of my positions. He said, excuse me? He said, I want to resign all of my positions. He was on the District Board of Administration. He was on all these committees and all these things. And he said, God has called me to pastor. You have, you have young, vibrant pastors coming up through the ranks. He said, nominate them. But he said, as for myself, I'm too busy. And I need to go back to doing what God has called me to do. And God has been talking to me about stepping up. About looking at the priorities of what needs to be. And laying some things off to the side. I've got a couple of houses that I've been in the process of kind of fixing up and and I'm, I've just had to step back and say oh, okay so how important is that really in light of the gospel not bad preaching this morning is it <laughs> to me it's really not about here and now it's about then and there and I find myself getting tied up in that verses 3 and 4 refer to some things that need to be remembered. Remember where you were when he found you. Remember how Christ has totally changed you. I don't know what, what your story is in, in coming to Christ. Mine was a life of just absolute hypocrisy. I told our small group that I started attending church nine months before I was born. And uh, it's very true. Uh, my dad was a coast-to-coast -coast evangelist still pastoring, and uh, so I knew what it was like to go to church 400 times a year, and uh, we would see home about once every three or four months, and uh, just constant church, and uh, I realized I was not in a personal relationship with Christ, and uh, it took me a long time to realize that God didn't have any grandchildren. Remember where you were. Remember how he has changed you. And then look back over 2016 and just personally think about how God has helped you in 2016. Where you were at the start of that year. Could I talk for just a moment to that person that may be sitting here that does not have a personal relationship with Christ? Look back to 2016 at the beginning. Did you have a conversation with yourself? And it went something like this. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a Christian in 2016. That time has come and gone. I, I don't really know um, hardly any of you really well. But I do know this. Time moves quickly. There are some things I've learned about myself in my spiritual growth. Number one, in coming to Christ, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. God loves the socks off of you. <laughs> one of the lessons I've learned about myself is that I cannot grow and I cannot develop as a strong Christian 
on good morning Jesus, good night Jesus prayers. I can't do it. I've tried it. But I just can't do it. And in 2017, I have a deep desire to become stronger, to become more committed than I have ever been, and to live a life that is above reproach. Above reproach. You know, in one scripture, the Apostle Paul makes a very strong statement. He says, use me as a pattern. Personally, I'm not so good with that. Not. But I want to be at a place that others could look at me and say, I'm good to be just like Pastor Ernie because he's just like Jesus. See, that's a goal that I am attaining to. You say, Pastor Ernie, have you arrived? No. <laughs> a thousand times no. There's times that, that I have missed the mark. But the goal of my life is that others will look at me and look at Christ and wanting to be able to tell the difference. I've had, I've had times when I felt like God has really helped me to be in a situation. I've, right now I have several Muslims that I have been working with and sometimes we will get in a conversation and God will give me an answer that I didn't even know. He just plants it. And I'll step back and say, well, that was a, God, that was a good thing because, because I'm just a two-by-four preacher. <laughs> I'm not sure I even knew what I just said. You know? But that's when God steps in and helps us. And there's times and I could take you to the room 506 Trinity Medical Center, Steubenville, Ohio. When I walked into that room, and I had been a busy uh, trauma chaplain, I had been pastoring a church full-time, I was busy, I was doing God's thing. And I come up, up beside this bed of this dear lady, and I went to pray, and I was empty. Completely drained. Lord, a minister, all the spiritual stuff, but that didn't mean anything. We cannot sacrifice our time alone with God and justify it by a busy schedule. Martin Luther, the great reformer, made a statement centuries ago. He says, I've got so much to do today, if I don't spend the first three hours in prayer, I'll never get it done. <laughs> I can't even sort that in my head. I mean, I can't. Now, here's where I get really close and personal with you, okay? You know the time that God is needing to meet with you every day. That personal spot, that personal time. Whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, an hour. Whatever that time is, be committed. Be committed to the place of prayer. As Pastor Thomas said, be committed to opening up the Word and diving into it. The more you do that, the more you will want to do that. 
Don't allow the busyness of your schedule to take you away from that time alone that you need with God. Don't allow it to happen. It's easy to do. Set spiritual goals for yourself and just be realistic. You know. Be committed to it. Be committed. Sound of Music. It's a great film. Many of you have, have seen that. It's Joe's favorite movie. Or maybe not. Maybe I was mixed up on that. <laughs> he hates it, to be honest. But Sound of Music. They had a uh, wonderful family out of Alabama. Had uh, The wife was on online, and she saw that there was going to be a performance in New York City, a theater performance of Sound of Music. And she brought her husband in. They were retired. They had some friends, and they decided the four of them were going to go. So they bought tickets and got their flights, and they were excited, telling all their friends about it. Well, something happened right before the trip, and uh, the husband passed away. So the wife, she decided that she was going to, uh, she was just going to go ahead and go. So she went, she was sitting there, and some other people came up, were looking for seats, and uh, so she's sitting here, and there's three seats here that are, that are open, and uh, so the, this couple came and said, are these seats taken? She said, no, they're actually available, and said, uh, my husband had actually passed away, and, uh, but these, these seats are open, and they said, what about the other two? said, oh, there are some friends of ours. They're at my husband's funeral. Now, you can say what you want to, but she was going to the sound of music, right? She, she said, Pastor, that's the that's craziest thing I ever heard, pretty much. Your commitment level to God has to be at the very top. It has to be. Mine has to be. Or I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to develop. I'm not going to make an impact. I'm not going to be in the lives of the people that need me what I need to be. I'm closing. Take the baby steps to get yourself where you need to be. You know, if you yourself will make a determination... That you're going to do all you can for the kingdom of God this year. You know. I'm going to just pick on Pastor, Pastor Tom just for a moment. There's, I'm just going to be honest. There have been times that he has said, you know, we got a special event coming up in about three weeks. And he'll go into this thing of what's happening. And you know what I'm guilty of doing? I'll instantly think about my schedule. I do. And so think about my schedule. When that should be the priority, and then everything else should fall out from that. What does God desire of you this year? Make a commitment to God. I'm going to be all about you. I'm going to be all about your kingdom building. I'm going to commit to what you desire me to do this year. And then let you sort out the rest traveling back to that garage, 
There were things that needed to be thrown away, things that need to be salvaged. Can I challenge you to evaluate as you begin this new year, God, what do you have for me? And how can I be an impact on those that are around me? I trust that your prayer and your goal in this coming year. Thank you for your attention, Pastor Tom.